there, Skip. Now what in tarnation are you doing up there on that ladder? Oh, uh, can it, Biff? Don't be such a wet egg. Now wait just a belly aching minute, Skip. Is that a paintbrush in your hand? You bet your bottom dollar. I told me to paint this chicken coop, and it's taking forever and a day. You're all hot and no cattle, Skip. Paul's gonna be itching for a switching if he gets home from the quarry and you ain't done painting that coop. And how? Now listen here, Skip. I got a trick that'll really razz your berries. The Pretty in Paint School. The what? Pretty in Paint School. It's all up there on that internet thing they got over in Roswell. You can learn things like, how do I paint hard to reach places? Like a chicken coop. That's right, Skip. You can also learn how to paint cabinets and how to do straight cut lines. I'd have it made in the shade. But a school like this? That's gotta cost a lot of clams, no? Go for a swim, Tuna Head. There's no charge. You just have to hightail it over to prettyandpaintschool.com where hip cat Tila will teach you to paint like a pro. No matter if you were a small fry or a tadpole, everyone is welcome. So guys, gals, and all other pals, we'll see you over at prettyandpaintschool.com. You think house painting's hard, but it really ain't. Check out Pretty and Paint. Today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Denim Radio. This is 026 of the episode variety. I'm your host, Josh, and over here is the semi-boner coast, coast host. We got what? The what? (laughs) Semi-boner coast host. It's a new new term (laughs) I've invented on the spot. We drank heavily in the the interview this time. Well, I did anyways. (laughs) I wasn't drinking bourbon like our guest, but definitely powered back a few beers, so. I was completely nonsense. sober, so you can expect total composure on my end. Zero foot and mouth isms at all. At I'm all. Sure. I'm sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Um, so I don't know if we've stated this out loud, but normally the the uh, way we do this show is we do our interviews on Mondays. I chip away at them all week, throw them up on Fridays. But because in the month of March. In the early part of it, I'm going to be heading overseas to Japan. And then when I get back, you're going to be off gallivanting somewhere. So we're kind of trying to get ahead of the game. So we did this on a Wednesday. So this uh, particular episode is actually going to be like a week and a half after we did this interview. But we're trying to get trying to get ahead of the eight ball here. So something kind of fell into our lap. So I guess we got to, well, we'll get into that in a sec. How this, who's on the, well, you obviously guys know if you click this, but you know what I mean. There's other things we got to discuss before we hop into the the details of this interview. So yeah, is there anything going on in your world before I proceed? 
No, nothing to report as of now. Uh, we've been recording a couple podcasts a week here, so uh, it wasn't even that long ago we talked. It hasn't been uh, long enough for me to have any new life experiences. So, <laughs> yeah. Other than we've come out of this fucking deep freeze a bit. I still got a fucking extreme cold warning when I was driving today, but as far as I know, we're like, it's not, it's not as brutal as it has. We just got a bunch of snow, but we're surviving. But anyways, at the time of you guys listening to this, if you're, if you're cool enough to listen as soon as shit goes live on the Friday, um, I guess yesterday was uh, the first uh, time we've tried this. We did the punk rock bowling event at Heritage Lanes in Red Deer. So we had uh, Lost Planet Airmen has arrived from Winnipeg and we've uh, um, street, street Skunks, local legends, um, featuring Reiki, Trash Diamonds drummer on uh, on drums. Um, and then the Off Sailors, another high end in a band, will be playing. So yeah, and I should say semi-permanent member of the Lost Planet Airmen, Ozone, is on the bass and he is hopping on. So... Unfortunately, I'm the only trash guy that doesn't didn't get to play last night, and this is so weird saying this, and because I'm talking in the past right now, but but uh, hopefully the show went well, and yeah, and then if you're listening tonight, um, Trashed Ambulance, Lost Planet Airmen, um, Berserker, and Western Death are playing the Mainline Pub in Medicine Hat, and then the next night we got Lost Planet Airmen, Trashed Ambulance, and Berserker in Lethbridge. And then on January 28th, we got the Lost Planet Airmen, Trash Ambulance, and Regal Fowl, another high-end denim great, will be playing in Banff at the Rose and Crown. I guess I, I don't know if I said it, but playing at the Slice in Lethbridge the night before. So a good little mini tour, um, Thousand Island slash high-end denim combo. And yeah, lots of cool bands. Excited for that one. Rented a van. We're doing this the real way, the right way, not six vehicles convoying because you know, convoy is a dirty word around these parts. <laughs> we're all yeah. in it together. We're all we're all piling into a van and just seeing. It's what not happens. the first convoy you've been a part of in Alberta, <laughs> is it, Josh? <laughs> I was not a part of any convoys, but we're not yeah, getting so into he that. Says, so he <laughs> says. We're not getting into that. The only flag on my car is just your face because I miss you. And wish you were oh. <laughs> um, actually I only own a company car, so I'm not allowed to put any anything on it. And I wouldn't anyways. All right. Well, that's a nice thing. So I'm not gonna say the next thing I was gonna say about <laughs> okay. Thank it's you, like Josh. A, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right. So yeah, there there we did our business. It was a, another girthy interview. Um yeah, the, the cool thing about this show that we do is just I guess you're sober this time, but uh, you know, we just crush some crush some beers and have some chats with it's a good time. It's good. It's fun. It's a good thing. Yeah. So the guest, I guess I should give a shout out so she doesn't chop my weenie off. But uh, yeah, Hila from, you may have recognized her from that band, Potato Rocket, that was around Calgary for a few years. It went out to Pooza, played a bunch of stuff. She hasn't really been playing in any bands that I know of. But anyway, she she knows a lot of bands. So she's like, I think she's found out we had this podcast. So she's like, oh, I could ask my friend John that's in Dopamines. And my old show, we I actually chatted with him before. So John Lewis of the band The Dopamines joins us today. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, like I said, I interviewed him when I used to run the Punk and Normal podcast. Didn't bring it up because whatever. I actually don't remember what we talked about then. I, I don't revisit the episodes that often. But uh, yeah, he's always a good hang. Um, 
they haven't been super duper active like they used to be. They used to be a bit of road warriors back in their younger days, but um, yeah, it's. I mean, I don't don't think this is a scoop. It says it right on their Instagram. New record coming out some point this year. They don't know who they're releasing it with yet. I mean, one of the guys in the band owns a label, so that seems like the natural fit, but nothing was imminent as, as of today when we chatted with them. But yeah, I think it was a cool, a cool conversation for sure. What'd you think of it? I had a good time. Yeah. I mean, as I, I don't know if I said it, but you could tell by just how engaged I am in the conversation. Like when I was in my, you know, early to mid twenties, even up to late twenties, like they were a pretty important band to me. Um, from their original album, like their, their debut album to the, especially expect the worst. Like that was one that hit, hit really, really hard for me and fucking loved it. Me and my buddies always cranked it up and we were partying. It was just one of those, one of those records. Right. So when I got to see them in Baltimore and the fest, and then when they came through with DBR, like it's super rad. So yeah. And then I revisited some of the later albums that I didn't quite dive in as hard as expect the worst. And yeah, the, the latest one they did tales of interest is, is really good. I actually popped it on again and really like soaked it in. And yeah, it was, Definitely worth it off to pick it up on on vinyl one day. But yeah, so that's who we chatted with. Um, trying to think of anything else. Like you said, normally you know we have a week between <laughs> between things, so we have more shit. More shit has passed. More shit's happened, but it's only been a couple of days for us, so not a lot has happened. So I think it's limited. If everyone's to ready, you know, grab thirty keystones and let's get into it. <laughs> Hell yeah. If you, if uh, we're not responsible, if you wake up with cat hair in your mouth, that's uh, you know, buyer beware. That's just what happens when you drink 30 keystone lights. <laughs> but yeah, since uh, old John, he was a sweetheart and uh, not one to toot his own horn. So he didn't pay, uh, pick a dopamine song. So I think we'd be remiss if he didn't play at least one, just in case you're tuning into this and you're not familiar with the band. I think, uh, well, uh, I think I'm going to choose one of their songs. So just, you guys are going to find out later why this is humorous to me. I want to pick tub- Public Domain, which is, as you see on their Spotify, if you go, if you haven't heard them and you go check it out, it's probably their most played song. Definitely a hot hit for them, the one they always play if you catch them live. And I don't, it's a fucking amazing song. So I'm going to choose that. What do you want to hear, bud? Um, Let me hear... Repulsive Salvation by Skeleton Witch. Whoa. Right as he said that, he dropped his webcam, so everything went really wild there. So it was, it was a little spooky. Just the mention yeah. of that heavy metal has just <laughs> rocked so it right off. All right. Well, if you have nothing left to say, man, let's uh, let's play these tunes and jump right into the interview. Hopefully you guys dig it. So here we go. We got the dopamines and Skeleton Witch, and then you're going to hear mr john lewis and uh if you're keeping track at home that's that's back-to-back johns we got, we got a very big uh affinity for people by the name of john lately so now it's your chance anybody else named john out there you hit us up and you're probably gonna get in we'll make it three in a row not actually we already have guests but we're, we're welcoming all all uh aspiring johns at this point so here we go dope meets
This is CC Voltage from Autogram, and you're listening to Denim Radio.
Hey, yo, what's up? It's Brad Manners from School Damage. Uh, you and I are both listening to Denim Radio, and it is tight like my denim jeans are. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Denim Radio. I'm Josh. Over there, we got Mr. Podcast, Mr. Ty, and we are pleased to welcome all the way from the sunny shores of Cincinnati, Ohio, we got John Lewis from the Dopamine. How's yeah. it going, man? It's good. The sunny shores of the brown <laughs> brown water, the Ohio River. <laughs> That's good. Is that what you're drinking right now? Ohio yes. water? <laughs> all, all bourbon that comes from Kentucky has to touch the Ohio River. Therefore, it's turned brown. Not because it's aged in barrels, but because it's you know aged in whatever's going on with uh, Mr. Burns and whatever he's doing upstream. <laughs> Confirmed. The Simpsons live in Ohio. Yeah. Confirmed by John Lewis. How's it going, man? It's going. Just winding down after a long day of working of nine to five and, you know, coming home and happy hour and kid and wife. And where's I'm out of beer and here's bourbon. And here we go. <laughs> Your bourbon's getting a little light. You might, you might need to pause to grab more, but we'll. Yeah, I don't, I don't, pour, <laughs> I don't pour them too heavy, which is surprising. <laughs> awesome so uh what was going on today just still nine to five yeah just work i do uh i work in engineering department at a um company that uh does vertical farming like produce like lettuce basil tomatoes stuff like that so i do engineering for irrigation for that so i was just doing work nine to five that's what i do for a living and then happy hour after that just hanging out with some coworkers, and then just coming home watching taylor swift videos uh to prime up for this for this hang and then <laughs> with my wife and then uh kicking my son out of the basement uh to usurp his fortnite den <laughs> for this interview. Well, i can see you're hanging with uh looks like john and paul in the background or yeah my uh i have an uncle who's like a huge beatles fan i'm also a huge beatles fan i had my time and then kind of moved like i did that time where i was like super obsessed with the beatles and then it influenced some things that I did like musically and then I moved on from it. And then what's harder to notice that's there is I got a poster, it's ELO, um, which natural progression, if you're into the Beatles and then the Beatles broke up and then you wanted someone who ripped off the Beatles and then took it to the next level, you'll go straight to electric light orchestra. So I'm a gigantic fan of ELO. These are kind of unrepresentative of the rest of my home, but it's uh, my <laughs> uncle was like a huge Beatles fan. So I have all this Beatles stuff um so i hung some of it up in my basement my uncle also gave me like a he knew a roadie for the ramones and he took this his friend toured with the ramones and they played bogart's avenue in cincinnati ohio and i have this poster upstairs it's this big poster it was a um cj johnny marky and um joey signed with marky's drumsticks and like a, a patch that has the uh like the um you know backstage sticker that had like it was Blondie the the jam it was Debbie Harry the Jam and Ramones in 1990, so all the Beatles and ELOs down here, all the Ramones and pop punk is upstairs. Well, that's cool. That would have been an interesting concert. 1990. I know. I know it's quite a ways long time ago now, but in my brain it doesn't seem like that. Like it seems crazy no. to think the Ramones are still giving her in 1990. Like yeah. just thinking about it, it's kind of blowing my mind a bit, but. Yeah, and in 1990, I was like in like fifth grade, maybe grade five for y'all. I was four um, years old. <laughs> yeah, so I was just fucking kicking rocks. I had no idea what was going on with pop punk in 1990. So happy to have it, but I share no history with <laughs> with, with that time. Well, before we get 
too far on. I was just curious your thoughts on that new Beatles song, the the one. So, sure. Like it, I don't have a problem with. Uh, I don't. First off, I don't have a problem with AI or whatever. I don't really know enough about it. It's probably the most boomer thing I've encountered as far as what I give a shit about when I decide to cut the where i decided to draw the line where i like i don't care so like ai is funny like use it to look up weird shit and like tell ai to do weird shit as far as what it does for audio and the purpose for which it was used i'm all behind it like any way Mm -hmm. to bring all that together to make it work for you know with technology kind of like how you know dna has done like wonders for you know true crime podcasts and shit i mean for true for crime in general (laughs) but like you know what i'm saying it's like You know, you, you, you know, uh, there's an entertainment purpose of something that's effective for, you know, real use and there's real use for AI, obviously, and analytics and, and all kinds of shit that's over my head. Um, but for the Beatles, like that whole thing, I'm totally cool with it. I really didn't give a shit about the song. I was like, okay, like the last new Beatles song I heard was the anthology. It was Free as a Bird, I think, was that song. That song fucking slapped. But that's because Jeff Lynn, I think, produced that. I could be misquoting that. But as far as the song's concerned, like, sure, it's cool. I'm glad they did it. Like, it's the, it's, is it the last Beatles song? I'm sure there's some technology that we don't know about where another fucking fart, like John, you know, Paul McCartney farted and then, then now they turned, they deconstructed <laughs> it and turned it into a melody. But I, it's, it's cool that they did it. I don't have a problem with it. But I also was like, I heard it and I was like, ah, eh, you know, just sounds like a throwaway Beatles song to me. I mean, I wasn't like run away by the song, but the way they came about it, I was totally fine with that. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the AI they used was just to like, it was like an old, it was like John singing over his guitar or something, they were, or piano or something, they were able to separate it, right? That's Yeah, it was like a noise reduction, to, basically. Like, it was just which is Which is different vocals. than like just having a robot pretend. To be. Yeah. Like, like well, I don't know if you've seen, but they did, somebody just released a, a new comedy special, but it's George Carlin, they, but it's all AI. I have not seen that. <laughs> yeah, so like That's his awesome. daughter's on Twitter and she's just like, fucking, this is bullshit. And like, yeah, I'm writing it down so I don't forget. <laughs> yeah. That's... That's Dudesy, the podcast by Canadian actor Will Sasso and his buddy Chad. <laughs> oh, no um, way. Yeah, it's a great podcast. He's Canadian. I listen to it all the time. So yeah, Sasso's Canadian. He's from Delta by Vancouver. That's awesome. Will Sasso, that's tight. <laughs> He's getting dragged on fucking Twitter. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to see what's going on. Well, because he was on Mad TV, right? Yeah. Will Sasso. I didn't, was right I didn't realize he was Canadian. He played one of the three Stooges in that remake movie, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Oh, with, yeah. Uh, was it Dharma and Greg or one of the guys from one of those shows, right? Not he might have been the only one that I recognized because he was the one that, to me, looked the most like, naturally looked like uh, whatever three Stooges he played. I don't know. Yeah. It might have been Curly, right? <laughs> going down to will sasso or have it all shit already like we're like five minutes in bro, i like it i like it <laughs> <laughs> you feel like i feel like you got things to say about sasso you looked a little offended when i was saying you got dragged so oh, <laughs> oh defend no. sasso man defend sasso where well there's a bunch of there's a bunch of layers to this onion because what what will sasso and the the guys at dudesy claim is that they have an ai called dudesy that runs their podcast and uh they say that dudesy created this ai special and basically it sounds like george carlin but it, their jokes have been written by ai and it sounds like a new George Carlin comedy special. So, you know, obviously there's a huge argument around arts and music and creating new content with AI. 
And so, yeah, that's probably why he's getting dragged because comedians and artists are saying, you can't use AI to do this. It's going to disappear our craft. Like that's what the big writer's strike was about in Hollywood and everything, right? Mm-hmm. About the studios not being able to use AI. I, on a, I think on a, like a, I don't think I'm saying anything new either. It's like to the layman, like to the moron like me who goes on YouTube and I think it's some old archive set where it's like the difference between something that's clearly AI and something that is like, pulled from the depths and reissued or you know pulled out by the estate and then presented and official in an official manner where like you're at some point you're going to lose the line's going to get blurred to where some idiot like me doesn't know the difference and i decide that i don't care about learning more about what (laughs) i just heard and then all of a sudden deciding that is what it is to me that's where like that's my fear is like that we won't be able to we won't know the line between reality reality and ai that's like the i think that's a common i think that's a common opinion of like hmm. from a social perspective or uh, from that like that that's where i'm like oh shit well if i didn't know no one told me then oh my god it's been duped like well i'm uh of- i read this on twitter i think yesterday so i consider myself an expert um there's something called like the dead <laughs> internet theory where it's like most of the internet is just like bots talking to each other. Somebody yeah. did like a deep dive on Twitter and it was just like all these bots talking to each other. And they like did a deep dive. Like this isn't a person like this. So it's kind of fucked. Yeah. So it's I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just bots. I, th- I think we've already passed the point of that line because now every yeah. time I see an image on the internet, I'm like, if it's a vaguely yeah. interesting image, I'm like, is this real or is this AI? And I have to start yeah. looking for the hands because, you know, AI yeah. wasn't good with the hands at first. But now the technology is so good. I have no idea. Have you seen the, uh, I know everyone's seen like the beer commercial that they did. And I thought it was fascinating where, uh, if, if you haven't seen it, it's like just AI generated beer commercial. And it has like the, uh, smash mouth song all-star over the top mm. of it, like repeats itself and shit. And it's all wild. It's like an acid trip. What yeah. was really interesting about it was, uh, the AI, um, the AI generated humans in it, they, you, they couldn't drink the, they couldn't drink what they were holding because what I didn't know until this point, and maybe there's truth to it, maybe there isn't, depending on, I, I don't know, like, again, it's another thing that I never really noticed in the first place was that in alcohol commercials, at least in America, you can't show somebody drinking the alcohol, you can only mm-hmm. be holding it, you can't show your mouth going up to it and consuming the alcohol, therefore, if you feed AI a bunch of stuff about uh, a beer commercial, what you can't show is a, someone drinking there's no data or visual data that tells ai how to put a can to a mouth and consume it so like if you look at the commercial it's just like everyone kind of <laughs> almost doing their lips get real long and shit gets wild and, and i was told that that's why that was I, I didn't like get in deep and understand that that was the truth but that it makes sense when you think about like restrictions on advertising and you think about alcohol in general it, it makes sense if someone's like well you can't no one no one in an alcohol commercial ever consumes alcohol um so like if you were to feed that to ai they don't know any better they're just trying to do right by america and show everyone pounding beers so <laughs> but they can't they just yeah. can't pull it off that's that good american ai and, yeah. and, if, and if baileys is telling the truth everybody sits around a campfire on the beach drinking baileys on ice oh yes exactly. it's not in their coffee like I don't, <laughs> i'm no. always confused with those commercials like who the fuck's drinking baileys on ice yeah. on a fucking only- beach <laughs> campfire the, only, like, what the, the only time you're drinking baileys is when it's the last resort when you're already <laughs> almost throwing up yeah. like in a kitchen or when or you're starting off your kitchen. starting off your day as a drunk like me i'll have a big yes. coffee exactly. and i'm not drinking it on ice on <laughs> it's the last thing i want on the beach i know that much <laughs> and it's the last thing you want in a dim lit kitchen at 4 a.m so it serves <laughs> but, its purpose but, but we no all been there yeah <laughs>
I had red wine on ice one time mixed with Dr. Pepper. So really that sounds weird. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if it was. I think it was really that sounds bad. like something Will Arnett would drink. Or Will Sasso. <laughs> or Will Sasso. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We're completely off the fucking rails. Yeah, sorry. You're in a band. I am in a band. I, I am a fan, I must confess. Yeah. We're, we're getting Tyler up to speed. He likes you guys, but he's not as... Uh, the shoe's on the other foot. Normally, he's talking no means no, if you know that band from Canada. It's a, it's a joke of the podcast. He talks about <laughs> no means yeah. no a lot. And our last yeah. guest brought up no means no unprovoked, and he's like... Like, oh, like, oh, but anyways... For it. Just went for it. I'm a new dopamines fan, unlike Josh. Yeah. Oh, nice. In fact, I'll show you. Well, I thanks. Was digging, I was digging through all my seven inches and stuff the other day, and I got three years. Oh, shit. Yeah. Simple lampshade, the till plane split, and then and then songs about fucking up the copyright. So that copyright split's interesting because I think that was supposed to, uh, originally the 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 lore. Which I mean, I know everyone in the copyright, so I could have gotten this firsthand. But like the lore is that the copyrights were trying to do a split with the ergs on Fet, and the ergs were breaking up at the time. And I don't, I think Fat Records at the time was like, what the fuck is going on with pop punk? And we don't want to be involved in this. I'm not speaking for Fat or for the copyrights or for the Ergs. <laughs> but um, so it was like, it was this in limbo split with the Ergs that fell through. So they just were like, well, let's get this band that people say sound like us. And we did that together on It's Alive. So that's the lore behind that. That's the only of those three that I didn't do the artwork for, too. Uh, some that was the the make off of the big black record songs about fucking the <laughs> copyright split but that split's great that song that split has one of the only songs that we've never re-recorded for an album on it try this kids at home which we actually play live fairly often that's awesome everything else yeah. has been issued except you know soap and lampshade dp no but that has been reissued on a collection and so has try this kids but so i guess i'm kind of lying it's the only one of the only songs we haven't re-recorded ever so yeah that's still true that's cool. So is that is that uh, other John? That's John Weiner on the <laughs> as the bottom is John Weiner and the top is Funberg. That's uh, Funberg from Copyrights. Who's I don't think he's in it now. Kevin Rodder's taking his place, but uh, Funberg had been in and out um, of that band on and off forever. So, for as long so are, as you, are you being cheeky, or did they act, you actually not know him that well before you did the split? No, we knew him well. Like we okay. uh, we knew him well immediately just because they were clearly i mean they were an influence on me writing wise like i had going into entering the pop punk kind of atmosphere i had kind of come from a skate punk kind of thing i got into punk kind of late so i spent time getting obsessed with like no effects and stuff and the whole fat rack epitaph stuff and then when we started the dopamines it was kind of a Hey, the band that I was in was a at the time was a skate punk band, and I had met John through a side project band. And then, um, as I entered like this, we're starting this pop punk band. It was going to be a Ramones core thing initially, and uh, and it was it was the early early demos. Dopamine's demos are very straightforward Ramones core. And what happened was is I wasn't really exposed much to pop punk in way of like old lookout or you know I didn't have any kind of historical you know, anything to go off of John Weiner was just like, here are these bands, here's for science, here's the copyrights, here's, you know, he was handing me like the Steinways and, you know, all this shit. So I just kind of took it all as if it was the gospel, like this, these are the OGs that did it for, and I didn't think that, but like, yeah, I was just kind of taking, interpreting it as I was hearing it and falling in love with it. 
at the same time that we were just starting a new band that was Ramones Core, which I was fairly familiar with, like, you know, just kind of old, you know, that that style of pop punk. So, but yeah, like that, we had, the copyrights had already kind of had a relationship with John Weiner around that time because of the, the how he had a house that he ran, a Glendora house with some other other people in Cincinnati that he had kind of started establishing relationships with these people and these bands. And then that's how, you know, I got a leftovers record or, you know, all, all of those bands that, you know, were I would call part of that wave of insubordination records fest kind of bands kind of pass through uh, Cincinnati a lot. So anyway, a short, <laughs> short answer long was, yeah, I, yeah, at the time we did that split, I'd already, we'd already kind of established or been well acquainted enough with the copyrights. We've been more acquainted and friends since then, but uh, yeah, at that point, we had, we had known each other well. Well, um, I can't verify this, and I looked it up, but I'm wondering if you ever heard what Ben Weasel referred to your guys' band as. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he referred to us specifically, but I do know, I do know the moment that uh, Ben Weasel kind of hit my consciousness, aside from being loving, being a fan of Screeching <laughs> Weasel, where he really, really criticized our band <laughs> he talked a bunch of shit on his podcast i think it might have been it wasn't with, was it with brendan Ke no that's something else but he he had a podcast i don't know if he's still doing the same podcast but um yeah he like they listened to it on the podcast or on a radio show and then like talked shit they said nice things but they also talked shit specifically about john and then <laughs> i don't remember what they said though and <laughs> uh, maybe it was from there i was trying to find it maybe i just saw it on the message board but yeah i because he didn't like the copyrights either. And then he said, you guys were the copyrights with farts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't confirm that he actually said that, but I believe that he did. And I also agree. I mean. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm a fan of both of your bands. And, and unfortunately, I do love a lot of uh, Screeching Weasel's catalog, but I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not here for Ben just shitting all over all the bands that are clearly yeah. looked up to him yeah. growing up and then he's just like fuck you fucking weasel. yeah what, whatever that's him. called i can't remember what that term's called where you're gatekeeping gatekeeping, gatekeeping is kind of weird i i've never engaged in it but i've also never been in a position to haven't have like some sort of elevated opinion that people look to for any kind of you know oh, any shit. direction but now you've been ever. on high-end denim podcast so you have that now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a huge, I mean, all, even that with all that and all of Ben's trials and tribulations and whatever, like I'm still a huge Screeching Weasel fan. I, in fact, it's really upsetting to a lot of people, like my first Screeching, so I, I got into punk, pop punk late, I got into punk rock late, the first Screeching Weasel CD that I bought, because that wasn't like, go buy Booga, I, Booga to Booga to is their best, go buy it, or, you know, my brain hurts, go buy that, it was, I'm going to show up here to use CD, uh, to use record shop, I'm going to buy the first thing I find that says Screeching Weasel on it, and then I will judge my opinion based on that, and it was Teen Punks and Heat, and it's still like my favorite Screeching Weasel, <laughs> even though like, arguably, like, I guess on the, on the, you know, chronology of their, catalog, their old catalog, I don't think anyone's first would be what's what's the hit songs on that one uh my world's a universe a universe is a good one my, uh um dingbat is dingbat oh, no that's booga to booga i'm so sorry oh. um uh bottom of the ninth is the first song oh, right i know that and, one um but there's songs like i want to fuck and like there's like goofy songs on there i'm trying to think it's been a while since i've listened to that but i universe is i think i love that song because it's like this really slow build up and then it just kind of kicks in at the end with like a full band thing. And then it's short after that. But 
um, or it's molecule. It. Maybe it's y'all. Erection. Molecule erection. Yeah. Erection. That's, that's erection. Not them, I want to fuck. Like I those think are erection's two. a cover. I think. I think. <laughs> Is it a sloppy seconds cover? <laughs> that's that would make sense. I can't remember who sings it, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think it's that one was a cover, but no, I'm probably wrong. But yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I cannot confirm that Ben Weasel said we were copyrights with farts, but I do believe it, and I, <laughs> and I can get behind that on a campaign. I was I was just thinking to myself, if AI made a new Frank Zappa album, there would probably be a lot of farts on it, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, talking about farts, mother- let's take yeah. let's take a quick musical break. What do you want to hear there, bud? Oh, uh, okay, so. I'm trying to off the heels of what we were just talking about. It has nothing to do with with a uh, screeching weasel, but for some reason, um, actually, before we started talking, I was looking through. I keep a playlist when things inspire me for for dopamine's records. I actually have an, a playlist for anytime a song inspires me. I throw it on a playlist to use to listen through playlists while I write new songs for the dopamines and one song that popped up for some reason, which is such a like far and away weird song to request is the song nobody understands me by chicks dig it it's on pink razors it's the last song on the record it is the most unlike any song on that record but to me sonically there's something about that song that really appeals to me and i don't know why so it has nothing to do not a good segue from where we started should have picked like a riverdale song or something but i'm gonna do chicks dig it nobody understands me because it's weird all right here we go and it's canada Sorry, Ty, I'll let you get a word in. I've been fanboying. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, what was I? Was, what did I say? Was I going to say something? I'm sure you got something to say about Chicks Dig It. You're here. Uh, chicks Dig It? Yeah, man. Chupa, Chupa Cabra. Didn't they just uh, come? They, they played Kelowna with some friends of mine's bands. Yeah, You Big Idiot and the Fomites. Uh, 
and they played a big new venue down there called Revelry. So I'm looking forward to seeing more shows down there. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Have you ever got how 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 many times have both of you seen Chicks Dig It live? So I never grew up actually in Alberta. I grew okay. up in Saskatchewan. I don't know if you guys went there on your little tour, but uh, so I actually the funny. Th- Funny thing about that is I never saw Chicks Dig It until I was at Pooza Fest in Montreal. I saw fucking yeah. Chicks Dig It there for the first time. <laughs> and then I ended up getting to open for them. We played at 1230 at a festival and they played at like eight. So I, I'm, I'd say it counts. Uh-huh. Pop played that too. And I still do no that. <laughs> like, I play with Aquabats face to face. Technically, I play with the Aquabats one. <laughs> I have I have never seen Chicks Dig It. Um, I'd oh. like to, but I did see the Aquabats at Six Flag in L.A. Six Flags in L.A. when I was on tour with an Australian punk band, and we were at Six Flags to ride roller coasters just for fun. And it turns out the Aquabats were playing in the auditorium there. So that's amazing. <laughs> I like. Can we take a step back and talk about how I just assume because you're from Canada that you've seen chicks dig it like 20 times? Well, Let's talk about that. It's yeah. uh, it's not that unusual because I I live an hour away from Calgary where they're from. So I should have, but I lived here forever. And I think they were kind of not doing a lot for a long time or something. They're always kind of not doing a lot. Yeah. But they're such a good band. They're like one of those bands that you just don't think about a band that doesn't do a lot. They just produce really good records. And then, you know, they do whatever they're going to do around it. It's kind of like the dopamines in some way, in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, I've only seen them once. I saw them at Teenage Bottle Rocket and the Groovy Ghoulies and the Teenage Harlots. Um, Yeah. And Buffalo, New York, maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember. Or Pittsburgh. It was Pittsburgh. It was awesome. It was at an art space. It was a cool show. And that's a cool lineup, too, especially around that time. Around that time, it was when, like, Total had just dropped. So TBR was just, like, it was, yeah, Joel was still on TBR. And I, and it was, like, when Total had just dropped. So it was, like, a, it was a good fucking, it was some good shit. It was a good lineup. One thing that's interesting to me, and maybe I'm wrong, but like chicks dig it is like you would think they're like a ramones core because it's like easy three chord punk but i don't think they like do the buzzsaw like only downstroke so it doesn't sound like they do anyways <laughs> no yeah with with what i can tbr definitely does <laughs> yes oh absolutely yeah like uh, chicks dig it i don't know they're they pink razors always sticks out in my mind just because they're other you know born on is it first of july or fourth of july I can't remember first. if they were making yeah, it's first. Fourth of July is that's maybe. Canada Day. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the and, and chicks day, like the like the the record I, for some reason there's something about pink's ra- pink razors that like diversifies their entire catalog to mm-hmm. where you start to go back and notice how none of it was really straightforward or like buzz like to your point. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're uh I don't know, maybe it's KJ too, like his delivery, his his uh his subject matter with songs and stuff. It's like so. I don't know. There, it's unique unto itself. There's no band to me that, from a pop punk perspective, that sounds quite like Chicks Dig It. Um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. why they're fucking. There's, awesome. there's there's a lot of bands that kind of tried to rip off their sound, but yeah, I think they, yeah, they kind of got it nailed. It's hard to carve out. It's hard to carve out with like what you would call Ramones core pop punk. It's hard to carve out something that's very unique while still like being a Ramones core band. I think Chicks Dig It captures that. I found a found a little. I love that EP they did, like the Safeways or whatever. Me so. Oh yeah, Safeways here we come. <laughs> yeah. Fucking... Was that an EP? Holy shit! For some reason, so. and then they did 20, 2012. What they did a one song like long thing that I didn't give enough time a day. Now that we're Actually, talking, about I listened it. to that like maybe six months ago because I was the same thing as you. It was like I remember this coming out. I listened to it once and then yeah. 
but yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like the decline in the, in the way that it's like a cohesive song. It's kind of just like right. a bunch of songs spliced like, together, but it's, I don't yeah. know. It has some, has its charms. And KJ Jansen's a sweetheart too, from the 1.5 times I've met him. <laughs> she, my uh, friends of our, of us is, is in the band now, Billy. I don't know if you've crossed paths with them, but. I'm not sure. I crossed paths with, with a lot of humans at yeah, different weird <laughs> random times throughout my life. It, <laughs> so. Yeah. If you would have played with them, but if you say you've only met them a few times, you yeah, probably wouldn't played. remember them, but yeah. not important. But I got an important question for you. So I, uh, I still do, but I left it at our jam space. So I was going to watch it before I talked to you, but it happens. It all happened so fast. I had that <laughs> insubordination uh, DVD you guys did of your live. Yeah. Program. Holy and shit. I always, me and my buddies always laughed because there's a scene, there's a part in it where uh, Weiner, he starts going like this, like the over the head clap. And then all of a sudden he stops like, don't do that. That sucks. <laughs> and I always thought <laughs> that was the funniest thing ever. So I'm just wondering if you guys have softened your stance on the over the head clap while you're playing or you still hate it. No. So I did the, there, we just played Valparaiso, Indiana in the States. We just played in May because we just recorded a record in June. So before we went, we re- we played a few shows of just like prime just to get ready to go to go record a record. And that show was filmed. It's actually on YouTube. It was this place called, um, oh my God, why is it leaving me right now? We played in Valparaiso. It was Franklin House and in Valparaiso. And there was like a, a guy, Eric, that kind of books and promotes. He, he has a guy who... Uh, company or not a company a human that comes in and films the whole thing but it's like really well done like really well filmed like it's shot so well and then someone's recording off the soundboard and they mix the whole thing like they they capture they record the whole performance and then they mixed it and then they just released the video it just came out maybe a month ago uh, or so and during that set i did something where i was like everyone clap and then i said i had made the only I made the same joke. John Weiner made it in the in-sub video. I made the same joke. What is that? That was, that was what, 2009? So what we're like, like well <laughs> over like years, over a decade later, still just like, hey, do this. No, if you did it, it's like Simon says, like, <laughs> like you're out. Don't do that shit. Um, so yeah, no, we have not adjusted our stance on that. Um, now we've never had a situation where we've had to entertain a crowd for longer than 30 minutes to where I might need a minute to be like, you know like everybody clap and do this for fucking 10 minutes while like i don't know i throw up in a trash can because i've been drinking too much or something i don't know but no but our stance is much thunder bucket everybody needs a thunder bucket on stage for sure hi what's your feeling on the overhead clap yay or nay i think it's a great way to throw your shoulder out man we're getting older like that's just it seems reckless at best it is reckless (laughs) i did not expect that answer but i like it that's awesome cool um i guess since that video came out your lineup has been uh added to so when did your well he's not new anymore according to the internet but 2013 still feels like it was like three years ago i know yesterday (laughs) it's yesterday (laughs) but yeah yesterday you're referring to josh right yes yeah so yesterday josh joined the dopamine (laughs) Um, yeah, he's been, so there was, you know, we were a three piece for a long time. And then the only reason a fourth was added was to fill out the live, the live shit. Like we recorded, uh, the self-titled soap and lampshades, expect the worst vices, um, were all recorded as a three piece. And, um, after expect the worst, 
Mikey joined Mikey Erg from the Ergs joined just to fill it out. And that was on the heels of the Ergs breaking up. And again, going back to the Gondora house, where I think uh, John Weiner had developed some kind of acquaintance or relationship with Mikey to where he was like, Hey man, the Ergs are breaking up. You want to join the dopamines? Like we're going about to tour. We did, that was like one of the longest tours we ever did was like maybe like 30 days. We did with brick fight um, in 2009 and I think Mikey was on that tour. And if he wasn't, he joined right after. But so, yeah, he it was always the fill out on stage to just have a second person because it was as the records progressed, it was more tracking more guitars and doing accepting that you're going to do more on an album that you can do live and then just filling that out. So that was Mikey. And then um, he kind of he did some tours with us. And of course, we're not like a super active band so that he, you know, obviously has tons of other things that he has done since then. And his schedule is always full. So um, at that time, we were when Mikey was like officially like he had moved to Cincinnati for a little while to, to be just a part of the dopamines somehow never made it onto a recording. I don't know how that happened. Uh, he made it onto maybe two demos before vices and that was it. Um, but um, once he moved back to Jersey and New York, in that area um, we were like well we need someone that's more permanent and that was when we were like still kind of not aggressively touring but still touring enough to where it could we need to keep some someone with us but not keep someone like Mikey committed and locked into Cincinnati that was unfair to him at the level of inactivity we had so we talked about it and we knew Raging Nathan's we I don't, I don't know exactly how Josh I don't remember the Josh will remember the conversation but I don't remember the moment where I was like hey man you want to play guitar for the dope means he was a fan so like but that's not why you know that's not why he didn't approach us with that we weren't like there wasn't open auditions or anything it just all of a sudden josh was just playing with us but his first show was at awesome fest in la or san diego wherever the fuck that um wherever pomona wherever that is in 2013 i think and we did an interview after his first show and that was his so yeah, he's been in since 2013 and he's done more than just fill out, you know, live. He was a active participant in writing Tales of Interest and the new record as well. So, um, so yeah, he just, he joined and he, hate, he hates her. It's like, everyone thinks he hasn't been in the band for very long, even now, but it's not <laughs> his fault. We just haven't done much since he's been in the band in terms of like playing live. So like a visual pre presence of, of Josh has not been as prevalent as, Mikey and of course Mikey has like the history of being in the ergs and stuff so he's identifiable just because he's just a weird looking dude <laughs> <laughs> and I think the weirdest project that he was a part of was playing drums in the star fucking hipsters that just blew my yeah, mind <laughs> so I don't think I'm not going to run back to I have some of my records down here but I'm not going to run back but I do have he was just here recently he played some shows with Laura Jane Grace and he played oh, last cool. last year actually he stayed at our house my house for a couple days and so when he did that record that was when we were touring with tbr i think it was 27 whatever it was it was 2012 because that's the year my son was born so we were touring with tbr and we played in san francisco at bottom of the hill bottom of the hill in san francisco and we went to the fat store and that was when fat records started opening up their shop their warehouse to do like you could buy records at the warehouse and i remember we went there and that was on the heels. That was after Mikey had recorded that star fucking hipsters record. And he got his personal copy for free. And it was like a rare color or whatever. And it was in our van. And then, you know, tour ends and everyone goes in eight different directions. And there's this van full of shit. 
and I grab like a box. I always take a box. I sometimes take a box with me on tour to put records in when I buy stuff on tour or find something or whatever. I keep it in a box so that nothing gets dinged up or thrown around the van because that also happens. You just grab something <laughs> and throw it when you're in our band and you're drunk. So uh, <laughs> I ended up with Mikey's copy of Star Fucking Hipsters and he was here last year and I was like, check this out. And I opened it up and it was on this orange vinyl or whatever. And he was like, you need to keep it. And I was I was going to give it away like I have. I think I was doing something at the time where I had the opportunity to just like give it away or I was going to take it to a record store and just put it in with all the other records. Mikey's personal copy of Star <laughs> Fucking Hipsters. I think that was Cradle to the Grave was the one he did that on, right? Dumpster to the Grave. Dumpster to the Grave. <laughs> I, I gave it too much credit. Yeah, wait, you classed it up way too much. Bro. I did. And he did some, uh, he did, it's, it is absolutely, I would say on record, one of the um, most, like, I think an anomaly in his discography. I know he did do some sessions with Laura Jane Grace for, I think, um, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. That's the record that Laura did. It was the first record for Against Me after she transitioned. And Fat Mike was on that record too. I think Mikey did some sessions with Laura and I'm probably speaking after and I don't give a shit. He, uh, I think he, he did a session cause, uh, she had kind of heard like, Oh, Mikey's someone you could pull in. I, he got really stoned. And I think maybe <laughs> like things kind of went off the rails. Maybe I'm not sure. I'm speaking. I think I'm speaking out of class <laughs> on that, but I know that like, it could have been, he, I think there was a world where there was a universe alternate universe where Mikey Erg played all the drums on transgender dysphoria blues. Yeah, I just read uh, read her book late last year. Yeah, training was that that's one this year with Dan uh, with Dan Ozzy, right? Yeah, really good. Because I'm not, yeah. Did you read Did you read Sellout the I book? Did. That did. That's actually, I did. Actually, I just finished it. I had it for years, and I just finally read it. Actually, I I don't think I finished the Against Me chapter. I read everything yeah. else, <laughs> but if, like I was reading it, and then I just something happened. I got distracted, and then I just didn't finish it. And then I read the Tranny book, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, those both books are great. Yeah, yeah I, was, but, I was just yeah. talking about that yesterday. That book because somebody brought up Brody, Brody Doll, or is it Doll? Yeah. And yeah, Dale what, or Doll. I don't know. Just what how like she was treated by the rancid, it's pretty much yeah. like, sewered her career. And I thought, yeah, that was kind of. A, I know that's some telling shit. That's like one of those. That's a speaking out of. That's a speaking out of class moment where you're like, oh shit, <laughs> you're talking about like. That's like a gang. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I haven't seen much of Dan Ozzy anymore. So maybe he's, <laughs> maybe yeah. he's sleeping with the fishies. <laughs> you fucking the rancid mafia got him. <laughs> he reviewed He reviewed Expect the Worst. He did an amazing review of Expect the Worst. It was a really nice thing for him to do. He didn't have to oh, do that cool. to like an unknown band like us. But he gave a really good review on Noisy or for Vice, whatever their Noisy, their uh, sister uh, like music site. So yeah. yeah, he's cool. I never met him, but. I like his books and he said nice things about expect the worst because someone probably paid him to say nice things, but I used to follow him on, on Twitter, but he doesn't seem very active on there. A lot of, a lot of people took off once Elon took it over. Cause it kind of, yeah. it's, it's, it's significantly X. shittier. Now we're not calling it that. Yeah. I'm calling it that it's Twitter forever. <laughs> yeah. An interesting thing looking at your discography I guess I just assumed that you guys at one point were on Red Scare, but were you ever actually officially on Red Scare? No, um, there, uh, no, never on Red Scare. Um, we know Toby and have a, yeah. you know, uh, Josh Ragro who owns Rag Girlfriend Records. He's done split releases with Toby. Um, there, our relationship with Toby early on was pretty rough. Um, oh. I think him and him and John Weiner, like back in the message board days, that they didn't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. So. Um, any opportunities with Red Scare and, and I think Toby worked at Fat around that time 
Yeah. Um, they were like, things were soured. I, I don't know. I didn't really engage in a lot of that stuff, but um, over the years, actually specifically when I started to get to know Toby better was Mast Intruder played in Newport, Kentucky, which is just across the river from Cincinnati, Ohio. You follow the the brown bourbon across from Ohio <laughs> to Kentucky. And uh, you uh, they played Newport and all their gear had gotten stolen like the day before. So we went to our practice space and Wait, grabbed Mast all Intruder of our gear. got robbed. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> hey, carry on. I just wanted to make sure Come I heard that right. <laughs> yeah, all their gear got <laughs> all their gear got stolen. So we grabbed all of our gear from our practice space and just delivered it to the venue and they used all of our gear. And then Toby was like, I used to hate you guys, but you guys are all right. I don't think it was actually said that way, but, yeah. but specifically like that. But it was like one of those things where I don't remember why we didn't like each other. And like and yeah, now everything's cool. And even before then, there's been, and since then, you know, we played Warren Xmas with uh, the Falcon and yeah, we've, we've played, we, you know, we've had a relationship with, with Toby since then, but yeah, we've never had a release on Red Scare, which, yeah. I guess it makes sense if there was a feud that was none of your business. We're, happening. No, we're no, yeah, we're no copyrights. So. <laughs> yeah, I just. You just you know because you guys always playing playing with right. bands like that and you know it wouldn't have surprised me if you guys were yeah like, riding the same wave swinging in the same circles you'd think we'd at some point <laughs> to put something yeah. on this time you know what it's the you know i'm only i'm only 39 there's still time <laughs> i haven't heard you announce where your your new album's on so maybe <laughs> we don't actually we don't actually yeah i don't know that's just it, it kind of with record to record if i don't know if you've seen our discography but we're that's pretty what i mean yeah all yeah, we're pretty map. nomadic. There's, we've never, we've only been on one, the same label twice. And it was on It's Alive for the first record and the third record. And that's because the reason we had this nomadic approach, it was kind of Adam Alive's thing where he, we did the first record and, and then um, Ryan Fails from Cold Feet came along. We did the Soap and Lampshades EP on Cold Feet Records. And it was Adam was at the time was like, yeah, man, just like, yeah, like do this on this one, go do your thing on other things and then come back around. Like it was, he kind of like put this in me where it was like, you don't have to just be on a one label forever. You just kind of go do your own thing. And it's literally happened since then <laughs> with the exception of we went back to um, it's alive for vices, but yeah, it was, it's alive. Then cold feet for the EP, then paper and plastic for expect the worst. Then back to it's alive for vices. Tales of interest was on um, rag girlfriend. And then of course there's the thing that Larry Livermore was on Adeline, like one of their last releases on Adeline. And then like those little odds and ends end up on other labels, like one-offs and stuff. But, um, cool. yeah, with this record, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, well, let's just get the record done. Like we're not a super active band, so we don't want to like make any assumptions that, I mean, but with rad girlfriend, you know, Josh is in the band. So of course you would have to assume that like, there's, we're, we're just going to put it on rad girlfriend. <laughs> it would make sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, on that note, let's take uh, another musical break since we're talking about rad, rad record labels. Yeah. Speaking of rad record labels, I don't know what label that Swing and Utter's record is on Love and Peace, but there's a song. Um, shit. What's the fucking Swing and Utter song? Just while we're talking about the new record, the song that heavily inspired the new record was uh, Swing and Utter's song. Yes. I remember Undertaker, Undertake. Thank you, Tyler. I'm not going to not give you credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler with the sneaky off-camera save. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Swing and utters. Go up and get sick, get a taste. 
you're back. All right, I got another very, very ex- um, important question to ask you. Did you ever buy 30 Keystone Lights again? No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, I've definitely drank Keystone since. I don't think I ever bought 30 of them again. And it might have been because I was always looking at it like, because 30 Keystones is pretty cheap. So if you're buying a 30 pack of beer, it's because it's cheaper. Um, <laughs> but I, I would just go, no, I'll just buy 30 Bush Lights instead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, no 30 Keystones. So, and that, so, that song is, there's so much truth. There's so many true things that happened in that song. <laughs> but I did not drink 30 Keystones. So I just. For the sake of time, and possibly our listeners at home, you want to give it a quick rundown? <laughs> So I had my first Irish car, Irish car bomb that night. Um, What's the song name, I guess, just so they can. The song's it. called um, Waking Up in the Monroe House with Cat Hair in My Mouth. But I think if you just go <laughs> on Spotify, it just says Monroe House or Monroe. So there was a house called Monroe House. It was a suburban house, like way out of the way of like any urban area. And this house just had parties and we all just kind of partied there sometimes. But if you partied there, you were kind of spending the night because you could never drive home. You're always far away from where you live. So. It was the Monroe house. And that particular night I had my first Irish car bomb that night and I'd bought a pack of keystones, a 30 pack of keystones. And I remember someone had a prescription for Viking and he, this person did not have 30 of them. And I didn't take (laughs) uh, 13. Sorry. I said 13 in the song. So he might've had 13. I didn't take all 13, but he was passing them out and I kind of a pill version. So I didn't actually take a Viking and it just, what occurred that night was just encompassed like there was Vicodin. I had my first car bomb. I puked. I woke up with cat hair in my mouth. Me and John, um, <laughs> both of us were there. And uh, John's girlfriend at the time was there. And very quick thing about the our roadie, blacked out on a couch. And we started playing, I can't remember what song it is. It was a Lawrence Arm song, I think. And it sprung him awake. And he, in his a moment of springing awake, he fell backwards into a glass coffee table and shattered the whole thing. <laughs> that's all you need to know about the monroe house in that song that kind of encapsulates that song it's amazing yeah. <laughs> too bad you didn't get that on camera less than jake song it was a less than jake song off of it doesn't matter okay anyway moving on <laughs> in the essence of time awesome so yeah tie that he sings that in one of his songs yeah so i just thought i would uh investigate oh, yeah. gonna have to check that one out now <laughs> i also had a red keystone once did you know that there's so there's keystone light and then of, of course if there's a light beer you expect there to be a regular version of it but you cannot find regular keystone anywhere and i did find one keystone and it's red it was red colored and i found it i worked for less than jake for a very short amount of time i did a tour with them i was in their practice space and i was moving gear and this beat up can of keystone rolled out from under a something and uh, I kept it and I traveled with it in my apartments as I moved for years. And then one night I got drunk and cracked it open, but I'd never <laughs> seen one before or since of Keystone. I've, I've, seen, reg- I've Keystone. seen regular Keystones up in Canada. Really? I had never, that's the only time I'd ever seen. One. Imagine it, it gave you superpowers. You turned into like Keystone man. And that was like yeah. the one beer. <laughs> I that definitely <laughs> happened because I don't remember it, which means something happened when I drank it. <laughs> <laughs> the next day you're just like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was that. I wish I still had that Keystone Red. It's all beat up. Man. Amazing. Well, I, we mentioned there's probably going to be some games. That's why you needed to refresh your your bourbon. So uh, yeah. let's let's step into the first first portal of of gamehood here. What is this game called, Mister Ty? This is the pressure cooker. 
the pressure cooker. All right, the name of the game. I'm going to read you 10 questions, like rapid fire style, and you just got to answer it without thinking about it too much. You think you can handle that? Maybe. We're going to find out. Are you ready, John? I am. Yes. All right. Zoidberg or Morbo? Zoidberg. Name or uh, what's your favorite Bender quote? Bite my glorious golden ass. <laughs> um, what city's bigger, Cincinnati or St. Louis? Cincinnati. Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Street Fighter. What's the best Ramon song? Beat on the Brat. What is the name of the Columbus NHL hockey team? Blue Jackets? Yeah. Barbado Slim or Calculon? Calculon. Uh, Neither. Hedonism bot. (laughs) (laughs) Apologize for nothing. How many seasons has there been of The Simpsons so far? What are they on, like 44? (laughs) Um, Finish this lyric. I live in hell. I live in a basement. (laughs) I'm in a basement. (laughs) And then what is the best music fest? Best music fest? In Subfest. And that concludes another rendition of The Pressure Cooker. All right, you did you did really good. How did I do? Let's let's swing back. Um you like Zoidberg better than Morbo, eh? That's cool. Well, Zoidberg is like far, far and away the best character on Futurama <laughs> above all. Especially when after like the second season, when they really leaned into how useless and desperate, then like they just oh the poor character. Such a <laughs> my favorite quote is under pre- is when he's trying to flirt with that girl and he's like he's like, tell her she looks skinny. He's like, You look malnourished. Are you suffering from internal yeah. parasites? Well, yes, I yeah. am. <laughs> yes, that's over. <laughs> Where he goes back to his home world to mate. Yeah, yeah that's a amazing. Good one. The um, episode "Why Must I Be a Crustacean in Love." There we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fluent with the first four, like the original OG run, and then I'm yeah. not, it's not as through four or five. Not as yeah. as proficient with the the re- I haven't even seen all the new newer ones, so I need to. I keep meeting. There's good. There's good in there for sure. Yeah, yeah just to. So. Just just to delve into that episode a little bit, I think it's uh, referencing the classic Star Trek, the original mm-hmm. series episode in which Spock has to return to Vulcan because of the pond fire fever. I think that song that they keep using, the... I'll put the real one in. Clown Claw. Claw. Amazing. According to Wikipedia, which never lies, St. Louis is bigger. Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't I know. Said Cincinnati because Cincinnati's better than St. Louis. The only thing St. Louis has got is Budweiser and the Rams. Oh wait, they moved to LA. <laughs> um, and the Blues. No, St. Louis is awesome. One of our old, uh, one of our, uh, one of my dear friends, Dave Whitfleur, is from St. Louis. He was a roadie for the Dope Means for a while. Uh, fits his root beer all day. And uh, Silver Ballroom in St. Louis is one of the best places to play pinball in the country. Oh, cool. Never been, but maybe one day. Nah, don't. <laughs> uh what else Skip cincinnati too <laughs> um yeah you were right about the columbus hawk team the blue jackets um barbados slim calculon you said neither <laughs> hedonism bot <laughs> i love hedonism bot yeah apparently uh the simpsons is on season 35 which yeah i don't i don't watch anything i don't watch anything past like the double digit seasons not too far in my son watches it now which i think is fascinating but he's a big Futurama fan too, but I'll watch Simpsons with him. And I'm like, you know, you know, it is being a purist with that shit. Like, yeah. Well, I, I watched yeah. a, like a 30, 
season 30 or whatever and like marge's voice sounds so fucking weird now like she's like a seven-year-old so lady now is weird. yeah so does billy west and a lot, um the it's weird because there wasn't you know there was always been breaks since it's been the futurama's gone yeah. away and come back and gone away and come back this most recent iteration billy west is getting his voice got older and it's super noticeable but it's not a big deal i mean a lot of the newer episodes are really great but yeah that was like oh my god who are like these voice actors are like you know it's yeah. not like nancy cartwright who somehow can sound like bart even when she's like when she's like 110 she'll still be able to fucking pull off bart it's the scientology powers behind her that's what's up she's a scientologist <laughs> yeah apparently there's like if you look on youtube there's like she used to like cold call people like doing the bart voice trying to recruit them what? to fucking scientology Scientology's cool man <laughs> that's pretty much what it was yeah. let me check your Fuck. your thetans man <laughs> That's so tight. Good for her. Man. You're surrounded in oppressive people, man. <laughs> That's perfect. Very good. You remembered it. We talked about Scientology and we couldn't remember what that term was the SP, suppressive yeah, person. Yeah. Yeah. You got the dear landlord one. Correct. I wanted to say something cheeky, but then I just didn't. I was like, well, I know the lyric because <laughs> they're the, one of the greatest pop punk bands of all time. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. We don't need to get into what ended up happening with one of those guys, but <laughs> leave that alone. Um, yeah, Insult Fist. I actually went to that once, and you guys played yeah. it. It was fun. I don't know why that blurted out. I think it's because the conversations we've been having, it's been in the front of my mind. Like, been to, there's like the best story. Like, you know, it depends on what you're asking. Like, the best tour story ever is at this festival or that. But in Subordination Fest, you know, it was so, it was so pop punk centric, and everyone was super super um you know the dope means kind of came in of course after all these other bands had already started and established and been had even longevity within that scene and for them to allow the dopamines to kind of ride that wave and be heavily influenced by them and then just kind of find a pocket and then be invited to that party and and of course john's you know work with the glendora house and kind of making those connections also played a huge part in that it was just insubordination fest always felt like something that was you know it was singularly around this whole wave of pop punk and we were just you know we the band started and then it just it all happened like we started and then before our we had test presses at that that first insub fest that we played those were we didn't even have a record out yet like adam brought test presses to insub fest to sell like it all happened that fast we put out a demo uh, rally records uh, johnny rally it's uh, you know reached out to us and then adam reached out to us and then it all just happened so fast and we just kind of slotted right in and it was super sweet of um you know everyone all the bands and all that like just being like well here's these people here's these fucking dudes that are clearly influenced by everything else we've already been doing for the last two to five years and they just kind of fucking let us slot in so it, that insta fest always kind of holds a place and that it was a welcoming atmosphere and then you know like fucking great people there's always great memories and great friendships that were cultivated just from being uh not being uh the word that i couldn't come up with earlier we're get we're uh gatekeeping we weren't gatekeeped out of <laughs> out of <laughs> pop punk so that was nice well, with, that, with that one i'm pretty sure me and my drunken friends were the only people that weren't in bands that were like it should have been a way better turnoff i feel like there were like everybody i'd see i'd look and they had like the the little Oh yeah, the everyone in the club had a fucking lamb. We were like the only people that paid to be there. <laughs> so maybe that's why it didn't survive. But that was incredible. Like I saw fucking the Menzingers in like this tiny little fucking room. 
Like yeah. they didn't even get on the big, st- and then it's like, now, nah, yeah, fast forward it. And they're like, probably, mm-hmm. arguably, probably the biggest band to come out of that little. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Area. Yeah, we played Menzingers. Shit. Yeah, it was Menzingers, not Flatliners. I always get those two. I get the names mixed up only mm-hmm. just in the experiences I've had with each band. The Menzingers, we played a uh, show in Richmond, Virginia. We played a festival. We played with New Creases, a band from Columbus. And then I think vacation might have played that one too it was from cincinnati as well but anyway we um there was in uh we played a festival and it was an all-day thing and the green room had like unlimited kegs of beer and we had drank all fucking day i have video footage of the next day too which was so brutal like and uh we got so drunk that i couldn't i i went to like i was tuning my guitar and a guitar one of my strings broke while i was tuning it so I grabbed like a guitar, guitar string cutter and I just cut all the strings off my guitar like two minutes before we had to start playing. And I like restrung my guitar. It was like the most useless set. <laughs> and the Menzingers played right after us. Like they followed, like they had to follow that. Like they had to follow like <laughs> one of the worst like fucking sets we had ever played. Like we played worse sets than that somehow. But I just remember that vividly. It's just like, I remember Evan from the Van Vacation came up on stage and was fucking playing bass for John and I remember blacking out in a Home Depot parking lot and someone drugged me out into traffic. Like (laughs) it was just this weird fucking thing. But yeah, that was like, I think, and we were hanging out with the Menzingers and stuff. That protagonist was another band that was playing too. We're all just kind of hanging out in the green room. And I don't know, we just kind of slipped. We just kind of slipped away. We took it. We just drank too much. By the time we played, we just couldn't, we couldn't uh, handle our high. It just went off the rails. Anyway, sorry. So that whole story went off the rails too. But but correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I've, I've only got to, I've rarely been able to play something like that, but I've been to a lot of those fests. And like, I know you guys are like a staple at like Best in Gainesville. Yeah. And I remember, cause there's always like the secret shows. I'm sure yeah. you guys got to play some. So one year we went and it was like, all of a sudden we found out there's a secret show, Banner Pilots playing this small yeah. venue or whatever at like 3.30 in the morning. So everybody goes over there and we watch them. They just fucking killed. And then it's like, oh, wait, they're playing at 11 a.m. at this other venue the next morning. And fuck, did they suck that next day because they were probably yeah. just fucking so hungover. <laughs> they played every sh- every song was like 20 BPM slower. Oh, like, yeah. I'm so glad I saw them last night. <laughs> Although <laughs> yeah. I was also hungover, so maybe just because I was drunk. And, but I think they were just bang on and then they were just hungover as fuck. So I assume that happens a lot with bands just because you get to see all these friends you probably haven't seen in forever. Or maybe, oh, yeah. It happened to that same shit has happened to us like we did tony weinbender who runs the fest um he's done it he does it on purpose to the dopamine especially (laughs) in the past where we went from playing like one set to playing like a headlining friday and then like we'll play a show on saturday or saturday sunday like we'll do something here and something at a smaller venue never done a secret show but we've always done we started just doing two sets every fest and there's times where he we played very we played we were the first band at the big venue on a Sunday and he did it on purpose just because it was like, <laughs> all right, let's go see how they can hold up at 11, you know, at 11 AM. And it's always just like, just, yeah, there's buckets on stage. Things oh, like yeah. that where you're like, why did I agree to be the singer of this band? Fuck. Yeah. That's, yeah, <laughs> shit. Yes. that's amazing. That's of all the fests that I've been to, I've been to some pretty fun ones that, that's one I wish I could go every year just because it's yeah I mean I guess technically that's probably the best fest we've ever played but that that you get we've gotten spoiled and that it makes you think that you're in a band that's popular when you have like you're in a one place where it's this concentrated massive humanity that like 
everyone who likes your band just happens to be in the same place so it just everything's always bigger and like yeah you know it, it's it's always this the energy is always pretty like catastrophic so like those fests are always fucking they're always amazing like it's you always feel like you're in a real the, band when you're the worst something. part of those fests is when two of your favorite bands are playing at the same time you have to make that sophie's yes. choice you know you're like fuck yeah especially when you're playing and i'm like fuck <laughs> I can't go see. Can we wrap this up? <laughs> I, yeah, go see I can't see high on fire because I'm fucking playing a show. Like I don't even like pop punk anymore. I want to watch metal. I don't play pop punk. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Those are those are those are the trade offs. And then yeah, just like like I said, the secret the secret shows and stuff. But like, I don't even know how you would do something like that. I know they try to do. They don't have anything punk rock aside from Fuza Fest. But even still, yeah. with that one, like they just don't have. Because in Gainesville, there's everything's so close. You can literally yeah. walk to like 15 different venues. And... It's super convenient in that way, for sure. And then usually we go with a bunch of people and then it'd be like, somebody wants to go watch Chuck Reagan in some place. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go into a random pub and see what I find. Yeah. But I ended I up finding some amazing bands that way. Like, yeah, I know. Hey, That's kind of, yeah, I do the same thing. Like I'll, I'll usually like, Tony sometimes will let me, like, or not let me, I'll just corn back him to a corner and be like hey will you put this unknown band and this unknown band on fest put them in you know the small bars like you would do for bands that you've never heard of and then i end up like um going to watch those band like a couple bands that i would kind of put in a good word for and if he decides to let them play or you know if there's room then i'll go watch them and then in before and after it's always like you see some shit but uh <laughs> last year not last year because we didn't play last year the year before i started making playlists like i would look at the i would look at the lists of all the bands and fest has their own radio thing where you can like hit a button and you hear a song from every band but i made my own spotify playlist and it was just bands i want to see at fest so i would listen to every single band that was playing fest i'd just make this big long playlist and like omit the ones that are the obvious ones that i'm going to listen to so two years ago i did that i listened to a lot of shit and i just went and watched band i barely watched any like headliners i just went and watched a lot of shit that like just piqued my interest off of one or two songs um i think i still have that playlist but i make it every year should, i've made you it should every kick that over to me because i'm definitely interested in yeah it's cool news. and mostly it's like i kind of i've been listening to pretty much just metal and like weird obscure rap for the last 10 years so <laughs> like i'm always okay, looking maybe for don't like send some, yeah, i'm always looking for like you know i'll hear something that's like it's kind of pop punk but it's also like just weird doomy like metal pop punk weirdness that i just will get into but yeah i would um yeah i started making a playlist because i didn't want to forget you know it is you wake up drunk right. and you're just like i want to see this band you have a schedule and an app now and you're just like you're just trying to like figure out where you are and where the rest of you is behind you going somewhere else and you're just like i don't remember anything <laughs> like just fest just becomes a hillock of just it's like a fog you mentioned the copyrights and the last time i went we me and my buddy just stumbled into a random bar like let's just see who's in here and it ended up being uh the copyrights drummers other band that he has yeah hospital like, jobs yeah and they were fucking awesome yeah, they're fucking great <laughs> hospital jobs awesome and so and, all the copyrights guys were there so i'm just like, yeah. fanboying and they're probably annoying the shit out of them but yeah, and Luke. They humored me. <laughs> Luke. Luke writes a lot of the copyright stuff, so it's not yeah. crazy. Like you know, you watch Hospital Job, and it's just he's like a, he's a pr producer, uh, engineer, or something too, right? Or he yeah, he worked stuff. at um, uh, Mass's spot. Why is it le why is it losing me right now? It's the Bourbon, his studio. Fucking shit. And from Indian. Squirt Gun or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mass I can't remember. Giorgini or yeah. What is his studio? It's like the most one of the most famous pop punk studios of all time. Anyway, that's where Luke, Luke worked there, and he also just produces and mixes and stuff. 
he's uh it would have been we haven't done it yet but um always wanted to like i don't know work with luke even from a mixing or mastering or producing or working on something together like writing shit together never never done that but um yeah hospital job's great um yeah they're fucking awesome band all right. Well, before we're going off on a tangent and leaving poor Ty out of the loop because he hasn't been to Fest yet, but he'll make it there. But uh, you got a game there, buddy? Uh, I got some questions. Not a right. today. I got some questions. I got some bourbon for your <laughs> question. Some bourbon. Nice. Ah, you brought the bottle. Smart guy. Yeah. Love it. It's old John. This is like 2010 John. Come prepared with the whole bottle. Okay. I'm going to carry a couple over from last time because we got some interesting answers. So uh, uh, what town that you have played is the rowdiest and why? Um, anywhere in Belgium is the okay. most rowdy because there, I, I don't have a reason other than I've never played a show in Belgium that wasn't just a like cacophony of like flesh. Like it's there's it is just panic. I, I've never I've never played a show in Belgium that wasn't just a fucking catastrophe like in a great way sweet i would never would have thought belgium that's awesome well yeah go if you're in a punk band you can be in the shittiest punk band on the fucking planet and you go play belgium and it ever, doesn't matter you're, you're work, doing belgium that'll work great for me yes me too I, i've done it and it's great <laughs> we're terrible and it worked out <laughs> awesome um okay so you know part of being a band on the road you got to stay somewhere uh you know you mentioned already that one time you stayed i guess in traffic because uh, your friend dragged you there but uh what what are the best accommodations the dopamines have ever gotten and what were the worst accommodations the dopamines ever had the best accommodations we ever had was in iowa and i i can't i can't remember the exact uh cedar falls iowa and we played a show in cedar falls in a basement and there was this guy's name was Jeremy and he owned, he ran a restaurant that was connected to a hotel in Iowa. And when I say Iowa, I'm like, it's just agriculture all around you. And then like some houses or like a building and not much of a city like Cedar, I think it's Cedar Rapids or Cedar, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So he had a, uh, he ha had a restaurant connected to a hotel. So he got us free night at a hotel and then we showed up and because he had he managed the restaurant next door that was connected. It was all kind of there. We walked into a lobby and there's just the restaurant. So we like pulled beers out from behind. There was a bar, he pulled beers out and he fed us beers. And then he took me into like this walk-in freezer and gave me like these two pill bottles that were full of Vicodin and weed. And he was like, this is, you know, if you want to do this, like if you don't, it's okay. So then like, I remember we were like, and Gentlemen. then we had kind of, yeah, we had like a full run. It was very weird. Um, I mean, it was fine. It's not the weirdest thing that's ever happened is being pulled into a walk-in oh, freezer. Oh, that's awesome. Pill bottles with pills and then one with weed in it. Um, and then that night we did, so we stayed in the hotel two nights and we had to cancel a show because Michael was sick. Our drummer, Michael, was sick. And there was a um, water park hotel nearby too that we, we found ourselves in. But anyway, this dude like hooked it up. Like we just stayed there two days. We were like holed up for two days in this hotel. And we were just like taking biking and smoking weed and like we had full run of the pool at like all hours of the night it got i could go on it got real weird it was mikey's one of mikey's first tours with us too and it was like a, it wasn't it was eye-opening for him you should interview him and ask him about that i would love to hear his version of that <laughs> okay. um so that was the best accommodations the worst accommodations it's hard to pinpoint one because you stay in a lot of shitty fucking house you sleep on a lot of shit floors um 
I stayed in like a compound in Rathenau, Germany once where it looked like a fucking like Call of Duty map where like it was like it had been bombed and like there was no ceilings on any roofs of anywhere and like it was this like interlocking compound with like curtains for doors and stuff. It wasn't like sketch, I mean, I guess technically it was sketchy, but it was super friendly, like commune. And we stayed, stayed there and that was, that was, it wasn't bad. It was just unique in that it was like the worst looking place I've ever stayed, but there was nothing bad about it. Um, cool. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. No scabies? No scabies? No, but um, there was a woman named Olga, and that's, I'm not making that name up. Her name was Olga, and we were in Germany, and she cooked us um, schnitzel, and we, we ate dinner in her house. And then later that night, she was really fucked up, and we had barricaded ourselves into a room because we were worried about people partying all night and just coming into this room we were sleeping in. And she, like, knocked down our barricade. And I didn't have my shirt and my jeans were off. I was just in my boxers and a sleeping bag. And I had this no effect shirt. It was like this horrible hot topic, no effect shirt. There was this skull, these two eyes. And she cut the eyes out of the shirt, which were where my nipples were. And then she grabbed my jeans and turned them upside down. And everything in my pockets, passport, everything fell out. And she tied the legs of my jeans in two knots, like two separate <laughs> knots. And it took me forever to get it. Oh, like, it was sketchy. Drunk people, yeah. right? Olga. Yeah, that's so. It was old. tight, and her name was Olga. I have footage of that. I can prove that that happened. <laughs> We're gonna need to see that. And then we'll, yeah, link I'll, we'll link I'll, it. I'll in link it up. <laughs> yeah. All right, just uh, just a couple more questions here. Um, is there a piss jug policy in the tour vehicle? Supported, not supported? Um, there. You, yeah, you can piss in whatever you want, and it's fine. We used to have our one of our doors in our van used to kind of hang open a little bit so we would we took a beer bong and we stuck the funnel out of the van and then the funnel part was just in the van you could just piss in the funnel but that was just super gross like it was better to just piss in a jug than it was to like <laughs> probably piss in stunk a after <laughs> yeah it didn't last long um, Fair enough. yeah pissing in a jug's fine that's how i got the name the chucker was picking was uh i haven't my nickname is the chucker and it's because i chucked a uh cup full of piss in an open like mcdonald's cup that had multiple humans piss in it it was like an extra large cup and the window was halfway down and so when i threw it it hit i didn't know realize the window was only halfway down and it hit the window and sprayed all of our piss all over us oh, um, so, so you can piss in the yes the piss jug policy is totally fine just don't let me throw it out a window <laughs> that's solid info for the people that are listening to this it's even uh, better that it was multiple multiple people's piss it makes it, it that was much i fun. think it was just me i think it was just mine and michael's i don't remember it was definitely more than one human i gotta sure. pee on your pee man i gotta hold it <laughs> well, piss jug is the official canadian like uh, provincial bird here in bc so <laughs> yeah pardon all my piss jug talk okay last question between <laughs> between all of your band members how many knives do you carry on stage to play one i think now it would be two, because now for what I, oh, it's just with work, I tend to carry a knife with me just for box opening purposes. So I would say one to two. One to two. Okay, that's good. Our last guest said five. So I'm just trying to get a baseline. I'm trying to get a baseline. I'm going to ask everybody and then divide. I mean, on average, I think it's like 0.7. Like if you were to do every time we got on stage, there was less than one time on average that there was a knife on stage. Cool. No judgment. Just want to know. 
yeah. Uh, yeah, that's everything I got. That's everything I got. Oh, I I just wanted to say next time you see the you see the copyrights, you should tell them they should make an album called Public Domain. There you go, oh, Public yeah. Domain by the copyrights. That's oh, it. Nice. That's it. That's awesome. Like I can a, tell them like that. a cover of your song. <laughs> Do just I have a song home. called that? Oh, or does Dopamine have one? <laughs> yeah, it's probably their biggest song ever. <laughs> really? <laughs> I just would you, would you consider that your hot hit? Your most popular Public song? domain. It's definitely the one that has the most plays on like Spotify if you go there. And yes, it, it's like we always play it at every single show. And I just did a because uh you know Steamboat Willie, like the Mickey Mouse thing went public domain. I saw that, yeah. 24. I posted a thing of Steamboat Willie holding like a triple X jug of booze and, and public domain in the Disney font and the dopamine's under it. And That's everyone right. was like, Is this a shirt? And I'm like, you know what would have been smart is if I had had these shirts made and then did that. So that they were ready to go. Because we're gonna lose all of the momentum of like that like effort is <laughs> going to come back and be like, Do we have shirts now? And like 10 people are gonna be like, Okay, well. I I really don't want you to say that to the dopamines now then. <laughs> or I mean to the copyrights. Don't I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna just throw back to you, Josh. Back to Josh in the this studio. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm not it even is... drunk tonight. We'll never <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. I mean it that is that was so perfect. I couldn't have been there. So it's like me a couple episodes ago, we had the guy on the on the from that uh join the casualties as their main singer. David, I don't know if you've crossed paths with him, but super nice guy. And then I started talking about RKL. I'm like, oh, I don't know about how I feel about sing- like singers taking over from the original one. I say that yeah. to the guy that just joined the fucking, joined well, the fucking just, but six yeah. years ago or whatever. But he's just like, yeah, I know nothing about that. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. it's funny that you say that because um, I'm pretty close with Tony Foresta for Municipal Waste. And so I knew about the RKL thing pretty early on. Oh, cool. And I get, but I feel like from a, when I saw it on social media, people seem to be pretty perceptive. Like, like they. Oh, I'm not, I'm not against it. I just. Oh yeah, no. interesting. Yeah, people just seem to. Uh, I was I was talking to him about. It. I'm like, yeah, man. Like people seem to like receive it really well. And honestly, his his vocals, like, I'm like, you know what? You know, you're not like definitely doing it honor for sure. But yeah, I I know what you're saying. Where you're like, you're like re reviving like old bands with new singers. But it's funny that you said that about the cat the casual ties, the casual ties. <laughs> um nice. yeah tony uh tony Foresta's the oh so you have casual ties to municipal waste casual ties dude we're all batting a thousand right now this is perfect <laughs> well it was my band was lucky enough to get to open for Lagwagon and like right before christmas and looking That's around funny. you looked at that lineup and it's like it, it's pretty much rkl with joey Kate. oh yeah so it was it yeah. makes a lot of sense that they'd be like let's because uh, maybe Lagwagon's is going to slow down i don't know yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, you know, low, guys. Yeah, it's like, why not? I mean, there's, you know, it's not, you know, there's no, you're not doing disservice to, you know, gone members, you know. That, yeah, that it's not like, and it's all the other guys that are, that are still alive. Like, unfortunately, there's quite yeah. a few of them that have passed, but the ones that are still around, it's all the same guys. So it's not like it's one guy yeah. getting a bunch of ringers and cashing in on the name, right? Like, it's, yeah, and I, yeah, and I'm cool with that kind of stuff anyway, in general. Like, I'm a huge skeleton, I don't know, big metalheads, but I'm a big skeleton witch fan, and they're, uh, you know, their singer was estranged and then they got a new singer. And then, you know, just sometimes it sometimes the transition works and sometimes it doesn't. And usually it doesn't. But there's exceptions to that. RKO is a good was a good example. Skeleton Witch, if you're into Skeleton Witch. And yep. I think Power yeah, Trip's another it. one who just they just, you know, they were like heating up real bad. And then unfortunately, what? you know, really passed away. So, um, you know, they kind of regrouped over the years and now they're starting to kind of come back again. And it's like, uh, you know, I think everyone 
I think there's more reasonable human beings than there aren't like purists, like, but there's some things you can't touch. You couldn't start, you know, there obviously are exceptions to, to anything like that. Like you couldn't just start the Ramones again, no. um, with just, you know, CJ and Marky or I whatever, mean, but. I mean, they're certainly using the Ramon moniker. Oh, of course. I would too, if I was them. <laughs> Absolutely. And luckily, you know, luckily they get, to, you know, like CJ gets to kind of hold on to that moniker without mm-hmm. getting flack for it or anything like that. He gets to. Well, he wrote um, songs for the actual. Oh, yeah. CJ's so, awesome. So I've like never he, met him. So I don't know if he's awesome in person, but he seems like a nice dude. And the the material he puts out is pretty fucking solid. So I think uh, Ephraim from oh. Death by Stereo is doing a good job filling in for uh, Voodoo Ghost Skulls. Well, I guess he's just the guy now in that band. I think yeah. he's done a good job taking over lead vocals for that band so you're right it can it's definitely it can work yeah the don't forget dying, about the, yeah don't forget about uh the singer of dope taking over for wayne static and static x that's pretty cool <laughs> I, I guess wayne static <laughs> I, just, I went down a wikipedia rabbit hole last <laughs> uh, the other a couple nights ago and for some reason i ended up with static x and uh i don't know i, I, I forgot about that band too. Me too. Yeah, I know. i've been down <laughs> anyway. that wormhole anyway the singer died and the singer of dope a band that everyone knows oh i thought you were band. like referring to your own band and you like call it dope is like what you no. call yourself so, like we're dope no, no but uh dope <laughs> is way more popular at its peak than the dope so that go, that's that's that goes you know that's there's something to be said there <laughs> amazing well we're gonna start wrapping this up much fun as i'm having i don't want to take up any more of your time but uh what time is, is a construct all right go sorry go ahead <laughs> and our listeners they get sick of hearing my voice for also even though it's, it's mainly been your voice which is a nice refreshing change i'm sure everyone's loving that but uh so we had a guy that i think knows you on the show a couple episodes ago by the name of uh tane he's in the band tightwire oh yeah and he told us that he, he actively dislikes the state of ohio so i just wanted to know if you had a clap back about I'm pretty sure he's a South Dakota guy. Yeah. Masquerading well, gonna, as a Minnesota guy, but we all know he's South Dakota. Uh, I mean, Ohio's an easy target. I don't even clap back to South Dakota. Was it was it my my not in North Dakota, I think. I don't know if I've done I don't know if I've spent any time in South Dakota, so I can't talk shit about where Mount Rushmore is all anybody knows. I don't even remember yeah. what town he said he was from. Do you yeah. <laughs> and until Bender's on Mount Rushmore, I don't give a fuck what it looks like. Um or, or Richard Nixon or whatever weird <laughs> future. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, Ohio is an easy target and it's home. I won't, it's, there's definitely stretches of horrible and there's stretches of awesome. You grow up anywhere and it's home. I don't mean to take a serious tone on this fucking answer. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping uh, for a Ohio, cheeky response. And just don't yeah, Ohio, su- Ohio does suck. I also defend it and that it's my home and I love fucking Ohio wherever I'm at in Ohio because there's beer and people, but um, yeah, I mean, I could see someone, I can see the whole world, you know, the whole, the whole world kind of comes down on Ohio a little bit. I'm fine with that. It's fine. It's home. I don't actually, but does every city start with C there? Cause I've only ones I've heard of. I don't know. Uh, you know no, where's, like, where's LeBron from? A- Akron, Akron, Ohio. Akron, Ohio, and so is fucking Skeleton Witch, which I just talked about before. Is from Akron, Ohio. <laughs> Where, where's Steven Walker. Spielberg from? Is he from Cincinnati? Yeah. I don't know. George Clooney's not from Cincinnati, or is he? There's some, you know, there's Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland. Those are the big three. And then there's, you know, of course, there's cities with letters everywhere. There's Dayton. Josh is from Dayton. Oh, Bradbury, Dayton. Yeah. It's Raging Nathan's House Ghost, Yard Boss, uh, bands from Dayton that are all tight. There's plenty to do in Dayton. There's plenty. No, there's not plenty to do in Dayton. There's plenty to do in Ohio. Uh, was Jerry Springer really the mayor of your city? 
was he the he was the mayor for a minute yeah <laughs> yeah because he's from cincinnati and he became the yeah. mayor for a minute i think i always i, I can never right. remember i don't know if it was an ai it just thing came to me it just came <laughs> to me now because i when he died i did the rabbit hole and on his wiki yes. and checked it out and he's like, from, he... from cincinnati and i believe he ended up being the mayor of cincinnati and it was after the like the springer springer like the jerry jerry oh, so he jerry. was the jerry springer at that point yes wow i think so I mean, I are know. we spreading d- disinformation again we do that know. all the time i'm on always this spreading yeah that's all i do that's, yeah that's yeah i'm sure he was and steve wilkos was the governor general <laughs> yeah. avatar was avatar was filmed in cincinnati we're, we're learning but no i did type it in and said who's somebody famous from cincinnati it said steven spielberg so if, correct me if i'm wrong internet but correct cincinnati. me if i'm wrong walk the moon is from cincinnati that song shut up and dance with me that's them foxy shazam if you're into that kind of stuff of course those, yeah. those things are pretty cool um yeah okay but, and then our shitty band <laughs> you're not shitty you're you're a wonderful band and i actually spun your your latest one that since we can't hear the new one yet Unless you're going to leak it all on our podcast right now. I've been leaking it to a lot of people. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. I should probably just forward you because it. it, we. It's almost. It's all. There's all the songs are mixed except for four. Um, it's taken a. It's taken a minute for reasons like not any weird reasons. It's just taken a minute for things to kind of come together. But um, yeah, it's just I've been sending it. This is the. This is the point in time during the process of recording this record and getting mixes back that it starts to just get distributed to people like you know someone who can help you out here or someone that you've always wanted to hear this shit like kind of stuff so um yeah i'm stoked on it i know we have talk, like yeah new record's fucking pretty sick pretty how about cool. you you can come back on once it's out and you can hype it up more absolutely i absolutely will do that <laughs> I have to do that because i don't even we don't have like management or any kind of like pr or anything so i'm just going to lean into you now and be like, <laughs> can come back on and just talk about this record <laughs> Me and Ty will do will do your PR campaign. You just go send us a free record. We'll, we'll That's cool. It. Yeah, I can do that. I can I can make I can make that happen. And then you got to come back to to Canada. That might yes. not happen, but we'd there love is, to. See we've uh, I think the last time we were there was like 2017. I, I saw you guys Canada. at a college bar in Calgary, Alberta, with with TBR. Yep. I can't remember who else you with had. TBR. With you. I remember that. That was at a soccer pitch, right? Was that in Calgary or was that at that venue that was across from that place, that pho place, that Thai place called Fucking? Like <laughs> I think it was, yeah, it's right. <laughs> it was Calgary, it's, is that Calgary? It's University of Calgary bar is where I saw yeah. you guys. Okay, I can't yeah, remember who Calgar- else would have been with you. Because it may have had a local band opening or something. I can't it remember. was us and El- yeah, it was Elway, the Dopamine. Elway, yeah. Auto Rocket. What a yeah. fucking stack. That tour line. was fucking, that tour was fucking wild. We had it out. We, we had like a very competitive and fairly friendly, but very competitive relationship with Elway on that tour being like the two bands that opened for TBR. It was fun. That was a fun tour. And I, yeah, that one, I couldn't remember. It was Calgary or Edmonton, which one we played in like a soccer. There was like a soccer pitch. We played in like the clubhouse section of like a soccer stadium. It was that really must have been good. Edmonton because it was Edmonton. Because I remember, yeah, I was right at the college. Yeah. And I don't know if y- y'all are you both are nintendo fans but there's a game called blades of steel oh, where yeah. you yeah, where We're you canadian can of course you know that game <laughs> yes so <laughs> you know what i thought the same thing and the joke didn't land two nights in a row because i we had an we had a nintendo in our van and we played a lot of blades of steel and I, when we were in Canada, I was being Calgary versus Edmonton, Edmonton versus Calgary. And I was talking shit about both cities to each other. And no one wanted to hear me talking shit about Calgary or Edmonton in either city. It, but the joke sounds, never landed. You must have a shitty crowd because those cities love hating on each yeah. other. 
Yeah, maybe they just weren't Blades of Steel fans. <laughs> I was like, oh, fucking Blades of Steel on the way here, and I was Edmonton, and our roadie was Calgary, and fuck Calgary, and everyone's like crickets. They're like, your joke's bad, go bad. <laughs> and I did twice, two nights in a row. I tried it twice, it didn't work. Anyway, well, that's sorry. a bad crowd, man. That don't don't <laughs> let that deter you from returning to Canada. I will laugh at no, all of your we'll jokes. I promise. Absolutely return. <laughs> the hope is to tour a lot more for this for this record. So I'll see you. That's exciting news, man. But yeah, let's uh, let's play us off with one last song, and I'll let you get on with your life. Yeah, for no reason whatsoever. Actually, it's related to Swing and Utters. Um, has to do with uh, is with who we recorded with. So there's a a dead to me song, Would It Kill You? And these are all songs. These these three songs were all on a list that was like inspirations for the new Dopamine's record. So, song awesome. Dead to Me, Would It Kill You? They hadn't put out a new record in a while, and those two songs would it kill you and die in los angeles are like two fucking bangers i was really hoping for a full length so would it kill you is one of the um that song fucking dropped my stomach it was so good so i want to listen to that song all right buddy well thanks for hopping on with us um yeah thanks for having me this was fucking cool we're gonna do it again because yeah. you have to yeah come back and talk about the album once it's done then we'll, we'll happily have you yeah i'll send it I'll, I'll send it to you so we'll uh We'll be able I'll, to. I would also accept that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Cool. You Thank you name. both. Thanks, Josh, Tyler. Thank Good you. Good talking to you. What I'm going to tell you is the truth. You ready? Sit back. Hold on to your chair.
What's up? This is John Lewis, the trucker from the Dopamines, and you're listening to Denim Radio. And that's going to be a wrap. Sweet, man. That was interesting. I had a had a ball talking to him. I mean, I eventually had to just to cut him off because we were getting into like almost a double double platinum interview. It was going it was going long, but uh, a two sider. Yeah, almost. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't believe in the part twos as long as as long as you don't get up to that three hour mark. <laughs> then people might start to know. But you know what? The beauty of a podcast is there is a pause button. So you know what? If you don't want to hang out with us for that long, we totally understand. Hit the pause button. Go listen to something else, your BTO, or your ELO, which got a strange shout out on that, <laughs> on that uh, interview. Yeah. You don't, you don't got to listen all at once. But anyways, if you did listen and you're hearing my voice right now, thank you for tuning in. And hopefully you dug it. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned in the intro, that band was uh, super into them in my twenties, and I mean I still enjoy the band, obviously. But you know, you just you know when you go balls deep in a band for a while, <laughs> that was like that. That was the style of music I, that I was really into, and it was actually kind of funny to me because he mentioned about how oh yeah we wanted to start a Ramones core band, and they kind of did with their first album, but then eventually kind of. Mature into something else. I hate that word mature when it comes to music, but you know what I mean? You evolve into something else. And as for myself, like every band I've started, well, I guess just Chim Change and uh, Trash Amulets are all supposed to be Ramones core bands. <laughs> and just, I, it's music that I love to listen to. Maybe I would love playing it if I was just like a hired gun or whatever, but I don't like writing that style of music at all, I found. And it's just very limiting. Don't get me wrong. A lot of bands do awesome with it and do creative stuff. And there's a lot of bands that even though it's the same core progression I've heard a billion times, they still write really catchy, unique shit that I love. I've just never, I just found I couldn't, I got bored of it really quick. So I always reverted back to skate punk, which is my one true love. But yeah, it's funny. Different strokes, different folks, you know? Yeah. It just kind of funny when he said that, because it was like, that's totally what happens with me is I try to start those bands and then I just never... I would just, I think if, if I was to be in a band like that, that would just like for fun, it would, somebody else would have to write it. Maybe I could write a couple songs, but I just, I don't know how people can write full albums of that. Like I just, I run out of, run out of runway pretty quick and you know, hit the wall of what I can do with it. But yeah, anyways, hopefully now that you've heard from John and, you know, checked out at least one of Dopamine songs, if you weren't already a fan, hopefully you'll, you'll have your ear to the streets ready for that next album. Coming out on high end denim records in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody pull no. that as a soundbite. <laughs> yeah. Throw that up on Wiki quick. <laughs> One of my claim to fames is uh, when I, I don't know if I mentioned this. No, it must have been offline. We were talking with John a little bit more, but uh, when I interviewed at my old show, I interviewed uh, uh, Jim from Pennywise, and he fucking like gave me a scoop that Pennywise had recorded a new album and it was coming out. So like, I don't know if it's still there, but at the time, if you went on wikipedia is like jim limberg announced the new album on the functional podcast and it like had like the, nice. a link to it which too bad isn't online anymore but that was like my claim to fame is like that was my biggest scoop i've ever revealed <laughs> <laughs> i've had other scoops but that was definitely the by far the biggest one the lead blower sure <laughs> is that a saying yeah, because you're gonna blow the lid off the story, right? Oh, lid blower. I said lead blower. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, the lid blower. <laughs> okay. Makes a little more sense. Like a whistleblower, but in a good way. 
There you go. Awesome, man. Well, yeah. You got anything else you want to chat about before we wrap this up? No, no. I'm happy. Quit while we're ahead. I think so too. Yeah, it was a it was a juicy, girthy episode. <laughs> we stopped about girth on this fucking show. Of course but, uh, I do. <laughs> yeah, we we're excited. We got fuck. We're like pretty pretty well advanced in the on the schedule so we got lots of getting ahead of ourselves like we said we got some vacations away from the show so we kind of want to set it up i mean if you got to do if i got to do some uh sans tie episodes while you're gone to catch up so be it but i know you're that dedicated you're like i might bring my laptop to my hawaii <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to dox you if nobody knows where you're going but um i'm a going to the hookie <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I don't think you should do that. I think you should go enjoy yourself, shut off your fucking technology, and just fucking live your life. Yeah, right. And then what? Ozone will be back in here. You give him one <laughs> chance. I stand up out of my chair. He's going to sit down in it so fast. You think he was playing musical chairs. You come back to your house. They're just ozone <laughs> podcast, Mr. Podcast with your name crossed out, and he's just sitting in your chair. Yeah. Can I help, Can I help you, sir? Yeah. Just the fucking house. <laughs> uh, not anymore, bud. Not anymore. No. Yeah. Although I think he is going to pop back on one of these times. He was even talking about it tonight. And I'm like, well, if you want to hop on for like the intro outro part. And he's like, well, I'm just doing a bike ride. <laughs> I mean, if you're ready in the next couple of minutes, you can hop on. You know, oh, I got, I need 20 more minutes. Like, no, we're doing it now. So, but Maybe we will next. Time. And th- there'll be certain uh, guests I think he'll want to hop on. But uh, yeah, he, I don't know. I think it's good to have that open door policy for. And he is a co-owner of the label. so That's right. I'm just keeping his chair warm. Uh, he doesn't actually like doing stuff like this. So I know. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> he actually told me to, to get you on board. Like, what about Tyler? Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's a busy boy. And he also fucking hates doing stuff like this. He doesn't hate it, but he just... I think he's happy to be free from it. So he doesn't have to commit. But anyways. So yeah, to, to play a soft keyboard cat. I had this song sent to me, and uh, Iron Denim Records doesn't really have a place for it, but uh, the project is called DCG, DCG Retrowave, and the song is called Electron Gun, and this kind of came into our inbox, and I was like, first heard it, I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then as I started listening to it, I'm like, sort of bopping my head, and I was like, this is pretty cool. So I, it's... Uh, I don't know what you call it. Yeah, he calls it electronic punk rock, but I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be punk rock, but the reason why I was attached or uh, enjoyed it is because it kind of reminded me of like old Nintendo bash em up games. Like, you know, those songs are just like fucking went way harder than they had any right to, you know? Like, they're just oh, yeah. like, and like those songs so will be funky. Grilled, grilled into your fucking head for the rest of your life. Like, fucking. Doesn't matter if the game is the worst game you ever had played, but if it's Double Dragon, yeah. Battle Toads. Oh yeah, all those songs, right? Fucking Snake Rattle and Roll. I don't know if you ever played that one. <laughs> I think so. I think so. That was a fucking good one. But anyways, that's what it reminded me of. So I was trying to think of a place where I could give these fucking people uh, some hype. I don't know much about them. It says DCG Retrowave, and it's a picture of a dude on an old school cell phone. A dude might be a dude, might not be. I don't know. <laughs> not here to judge, but other than this song, this song fucks. Let's let's be honest. It's called Spade yeah. a Spade. This song fucks. So yeah, that's how we're going to end the show tonight. And 
for all you folks at home. I hope you tune in next time because we got a we got another really good guest for the next episode that we're can't speak for Ty. But I'm excited to chat with him because known him a while, so it'd be cool to pick his brain because he's a he's a fascinating fella. Yeah. Good good guest incoming. Great guest. Another great guest. Can't stop, won't stop at Denim Radio. So yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. Make sure you go to www.highenddenimrecords.com. Check out that store. Lots of cool shit coming in every uh, other week. We got lots of, well, should have some new stock of a couple new records that we've paid for long ago. I think it's finally going to show, show up. I mean, mailing shit from, from uh, Europe to here is, it takes a while, but patience is virtue, but yeah. So keep your, keep your ears to the street. Make sure you're checking our website. Make sure you're spinning both of our play playlists. I don't know if we mentioned that yet. So every uh, we made a little playlist on Spotify called the Denim Radio Playlist. We're very creative. And uh, basically what we're going to do every time we, uh, we play songs on this show, as long as they're on Spotify, we're going we're gonna to chuck it on that playlist. It'll just be, you know, maybe we'll have to cap it off once it gets to like a million songs. But right now, yeah, it's like, I think it's like five hours of music. But I know for myself, I'll just throw it on, hit shuffle. And then I'm like, oh, I forgot about this song. I forgot about this song. So, and it's also funny because sometimes our guests will choose something that is not even close to punk rock. And I find that funny. So like I, I sent it to a friend of mine and then all of a sudden they like sent me a screenshot. It's like Boney M or whatever. Like, are you serious? I'm like, Hey, someone chose it. Who am I to discriminate? So <laughs> we're definitely we're, we're keeping it true. As long as the song is available on Spotify, it's going on the list. Doesn't matter. No revisionist history of this podcast musical no. uh, numbers. You know, you're going to get a full picture of the podcast and all the people that have come through it. Yeah, we're going to live and die by the choices. The people that choose to hang out with us for an hour on Mondays or Tuesdays or on Wednesdays. But yeah, on that note, I think we're going to we're going to call it. So I hope you guys enjoy this weird elect electro funk song that's coming up. Um, yeah, and tune in again. We got our Fridays locked down. We'll see. March might be a little wild, but I think we're just gonna get ahead of the game. So, for all you folks at home, thanks for tuning in. And this has been Josh and I, and we will be back in one week's time.
Chupa, Chupa Cabra. You think house painting's hard, but it really ain't. Check out Pretty in Paint. Today.